Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the ACT Computer Studios in Cape Coral, Florida, it's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up, what's up, what's up, OG5? It's Tuesday, we're back again, and we have nine more days on our Facebook presence sentence before we can live stream again. So for those of you who are watching us on YouTube, because you usually watch us on Facebook, welcome to the other side. And for those of you watching us on Twitch and Twitter, how y'all doing? It's another week. It's been a crazy week. But joining us, as always, from Las Vegas, Nevada, is my brother Gordon Abernathy. And our special guest tonight, joining us from the Ozarks, not that Ozark, the real Ozarks, Mr. Adam Turner. Adam, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm good. How are you guys? We are doing well. Well. How are things in Vegas, Gordon? Things are good, but I got a live read. I got to get out of the way first at the top of the show. Let me kill this music here. Yep. So, we... As we know, we've got a fairly recent uh Clear that advertiser. throat again before you do this. I know. Hold on. <clears throat> there you go. Ho-hum. I had the dust out here, I tell you. So uh, let's go right into it. In your teenage years, or were your teenage years in the late 80s and early 90s? And during this time, did you rock the Kentucky Waterfall, Camaro Hair, Tennessee Top Hat, the Beaver Paddle, the Canadian Passport, the Ape Drape, the Achy Breaky Big Mistakey, or even the Missouri Compromise. <laughs> Are you now a balding middle-aged man who wishes to recapture his youth? If so, we have a hair care product line for you. Skullets, the hair care product for balding white trash. We carry all lines of products, no matter the style of skullet you would like to rock. You want to be a butt rocker, grab the Deaf Hair Jam. If you love hockey, grab a bottle of the Canuck and Puck. And if you're a fan of professional wrestling, we got the chair smasher. Woo! No matter the skullet style uh, that you want to foist upon the world, we have a product for you. Skullets will not be sold with ripped jeans, tight rolls, turtlenecks, or trucker hats. <laughs> Why not trucker hats? It's uh, a good question. I will have to ask the company. Yeah, that's like a white trash staple. Somebody's got some I music know. bleeding through. <laughs> <laughs> Whose music's bleeding through? Sorry, I'll turn it down. Nah, no worries. So, that's our, you know, I was listening to last week's episode. Definitely a, a nice live read. That's what you call in the radio business a make good. So, we have made good on the blundered live read from last week. So, now well, I had to fire our intern. So, you know, we only had him for one week. Well, his copy was horrible. He's an intern. <laughs> He's got to learn. When's, when's the last time there, you man. showed up? You used to work, intern in radio. Was I mean, yes, I did, did you show up and like successfully wash the van perfectly the first day? Screen I phone calls. I never had the van washing. Actually, one of my first things was uh, interviewing the governor of the state of Ohio. Oh, oh so you had it easy. <laughs> I had it easy. Yeah, I'd, I'd figure usually the van washing is like a hazing that never just is done right ever. I was so stoked because I got into the company car. Uh, the station was 610 WTVN, six ten second WTVN. largest AM station in all of Ohio. And um, got in there, and there was this big brick called a car phone. Yeah. Holy crap, I just aged myself. You sure did. Of course, I made some calls to some, some buddies, you know. Yeah, I had to do that, but uh, yeah, it was uh, interesting. Remember, remember when car phones first came out, 
and everybody's family had that one douchebag who got one. And what they do? That you, your phone would ring. Hello, look in the driveway, huh? They thought it was so cool to call people from their driveways because car phones were such a, a fucking novelty. Yeah, <laughs> either that or they look uh, like our, a tool carrying it like a purse down the. Oh, that we had a we had a guy in middle school, really dapper guy, and that's he carried around. <laughs> the fucking phone in his, his briefcase. But Gordon. Uh, I think the one up that whole car phone call is the guy from the car phone calls a guy on a beeper to call him back to tell him to look in the driveway. Uh, real quick, turn <laughs> your microphone down just a little bit because I got both you and Adam on the same pot and you can adjust your volume right. a little bit that way. You know what's funny? Remember the uh, voice to text through the pagers? Oh, yeah. How did you think that worked in 1994? happen on that button a lot to get to the letters no i'm talking about the voice to text when you would oh, call voice text, the I'm number sorry. leave the voicemail and they would receive it in a text message i'd imagine it was the same way as like very early text messaging no but that was before text messaging fun fact carrie used to do that job one of her first jobs here in Fort, uh, cape coral florida they would hire people to listen to your voicemails and they would write them out on the keyboard and send them. So when you left those sexy voicemails for your old lady to get that text, there's people actually listened to them and trans they were actually transcribed from the voicemail to text via a person sitting in a call center. So would and this I be for the person who couldn't quite get the job of a, a dictation for a doctor? So they, nah. they uh, moved on down. Yeah. Well, because well, dictation for a doctor, you gotta be fast. You know, when you're, when you're, uh, doing a voicemail you can just replay the voicemail once or twice if you need to whereas a doctor will get pissed um uh, the funny thing you mentioned about growing up in the 80s um i have a topic we'll do later but i want to get this out of the way really quick because it's been on my mind oh boy So for those of you who uh, follow me on TikTok or Facebook or Instagram or even on the YouTube channel, you know that I don't practice Santeria, but clearly someone in my neighborhood does because as I went fishing on Sunday, and uh, Gordon, you have a computer in front of you, go ahead and pull up your browser and Google Santeria Goat Head and click on the uh, second image, the third image, and you'll see exactly what I saw, but the goat head had fallen off the plate. So I show up. With the kayak, I get down in the boat ramp, and in my rearview mirror, I see some chicken feathers and a mound, and a, I'm like, what the hell? So I stop my truck, I get out, and I look, and I see what looks to be a plate with some funk in it and some chicken feathers sitting in a ring, and then I see a chicken head laying in the middle of the boat ramp, and then I see what I thought was a chicken body, because it was covered in orange shit, laying off to the left. And then another plate with a white pillowcase over it. And I get to look, and then inside plate A is entrails, livers, kidneys, and just all kinds of debauchery and grossness. And so I, I shot the first TikTok, and Carrie called me. She's like, you need to lift up that sheet, make sure there's not a dead dog or a cat under there. So I reluctantly did that. You're like, oh, great. I'm the guy who's got to do this? Yeah, well, she wasn't there. Um, and so I lifted it up, and it was just more nastiness i don't know what the orange shit is all over it, it that, that's my number one question what is the orange stuff doesn't that look like um pumpkin pie filling or yams or a sweet potato i don't know what it is and i i've spent all night trying to google the um, ceremony of santeria but real quick i went out fishing caught a 
pounding the three quarters. So the Santeria guys were on my side. I actually caught more fish that day and having a while. Came back and the guy was putting in his John boat. And I was like, yeah, it's a chicken carcass. He's like, that's not a chicken carcass. He went over and kicked it and flipped it over. It was a goat head. So apparently that goat head was sitting in the middle of that plate, just like you see on Google. So for those of you at home playing along doing the Google image search of Santeria goat head, that is exactly what I came across. And three things. One, it was 41 degrees the night before, so it was nice and cold. Thank God. If it was a 90-degree day, that boat ramp would have been full of bugs and smell, the, as my grandfather would say, to high heaven, and just be plain disgusting. Okay, it's a religious thing? Fine. How about you collect your goat head and take it with you when you leave? Or at least take the plates and the, uh, you know, then you'd be destroying your sacrifice. But, you know, the, the argument can be made that the birds will eat the, the, the byproduct, but what about the plates and, and the uh, pillowcase? But not even that. Here's the thing that gets my goat is after I parked my car, I found another plate up at the end of the boat ramp. It's a completely different one where there used to be a trash can. So apparently this has gone on a few times. Now, I'm in a kayak. It's about eight inches out of the water in a state that has, well, dinosaurs swimming in said water. And luckily, the temperature has been cold, and so the alligators have been laying dormant. But let's say Mr. Santeria does this on a summer day and keeps doing this at the same spot. Am I supposed to board my kayak and get in ankle deep water in an area that alligators have now determined they can get free goat heads and chicken carcasses? This is going to quite possibly, if they continue to do this there, just attract alligators to that area, and I'm just not going to want to get in my goddamn kayak there. It's just a pain in the ass, really. It's looking like maybe leaving it behind as part of the ritual because these things are being found between from Brooklyn down to Florida. Mm-hmm. There, yeah, there's a story. Uh, there's a story in Georgia where over 200 headless goat carcasses have been found in the river. So I, I tried to find out the secret where, to South. Where would you go to get 200 goats? Well, I don't think it was at once. I think over time, well, still, I, I mean, 200 of them, uh, local farmer. Um, but anyhow. So I was Googling, trying to figure out what is the ceremony of Santeria with these goat heads. And it's apparently, much like the Freemasons, it's it's quite kept on the down low. But I did find this article. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But in paragraph three, it says, as, as sacrificial hour approaches, several priestess, or Santerios, are preparing for the 40 assorted goats, roosters, hens, guinea pigs, pigeons, quails, turtles, and ducks who grow noisily and nervous in their cages. Their lives will be taken in exchange, uh, mandated by Olafi, O-L-O-F-I, Olafi, Santeria's supreme god and source of all energy to heal the broken body and spirit of this person that they're turning into a priestess. So apparently it's basically a gift. I don't think this person sacrificed a live animal down there. I think they just went to like some Cuban butcher and got a goat head and some chicken parts because um, there wasn't like... It wasn't a crime scene. There wasn't, like, dry blood all over the place. It was just the goat head, the entrails, and the feathers stuck in a plate, and one of them was covered up. But, yeah, so apparently it has something to do with them giving a sacrifice to Alafi, the Santeria Supreme God, to uh, heal themselves and give themselves a better day. So So That's a little something I know a tiny bit about. Sure. The reason you would not find blood throughout all that is because they save the blood for other rituals and use it in the same ritual itself. So they could have bled the goat out done it and then just kept the carcass and taken that home yeah maybe taking the body with them yeah the platter i found up near the top did have some blood uh, blood drops on it but that one had huge green leaves and different color um different color feathers in it but it's like 
I'm just trying to go fishing here. Do I need to stumble across the Santeria sacrifice site? I mean, <laughs> hey, you never know. It might bring the 10 pounders. Uh, if that's the case, then, well, like I said, it did bring a pound and a half, which isn't great, but for um, what we've been dealing with lately, you, you never can tell. Um, we haven't done one of these in a while. Remember back, well, I guess I need to do the sounder. And I, 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 I found the sounder here. I got way too many damn soundboards in front of me. And um, <laughs> where the hell did it go? I was all prepared for the show. But anyhow, Netflix. Um, there's a new show on Netflix that reminds mm. me of an old show on Netflix. Okay. That reminded me of a movie that we talked about. Yeah. And it kind of goes to one of the things that we have discussed about Oh, I see what happened. I accidentally closed one of my soundboards. Let me reopen that. It, it reminded me of um, a topic that we talk about here, and that is how lazy um, Hollywood's getting when it comes to um, redoing material that's already been redone. All right? And I get it. It's a time now where people aren't spending a lot of time at theaters. A lot of people are streaming on Netflix. You, you want to remake a previously semi-successful licensed product right that way you can mm -hmm. get people back out but do you do two in the same year or is that gilding a lily a little bit or possibly maybe they produced them at the same time and no one knew about it i don't know so well uh, go ahead i i think that if the movies are up to par and they do great remakes of it then by all means, two in a year is perfectly fine. I mean, take a look at what Rob Zombie did with the Halloween series. No, I said two yes. in one year. <laughs> two yeah, in no, I, I know okay. that, yeah. Okay. Like two in one year would be perfectly acceptable if they were done up to par. But what if it's not the same story, it's not the same character, not intended to be like the same situation? You know, doing two versions of Batman or two versions of, you know, as you're saying, um, Halloween. And... <laughs> Damn that. Let me just, here's the preview of the one that, it, this is a comedic horror series that's on Netflix right now. Uh, hi, I'm Anna. Hi, Anna. The truth is that I drink a lot. And sometimes I mix it with pills. And I'm here because I woke up this morning convinced I'd witnessed a murder. I'm watching this show. I saw. They said you saw a murder. She is batshit crazy. I'm not crazy. <laughs> Someone's gotta believe me. And she has a serious drinking problem. No. Okay. Look at that knife out of my Can face. Can you stop telling people that I have a drinking problem? You know. I used to feel bad for you, but I do not feel bad for you anymore, and I will not pray for you anymore. <coughs> Carol. Well, if they won't be the detectives, then I will. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions? Are you a reporter? Yes. Then why aren't you recording this? The woman across the lake. This book could make your imagination run wild. I need to see inside the bag. The fuck is this? Wherever you go, people end up dead. What? I just want things to get The back series is called. I bet they do a dateline on the it. The girl in the window, right? What? No, sir. Close. 
Which is kind of getting to my point. This is called the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. There you go. You're right. A heartbroken woman. Watch this. A heartbroken woman named Anna is unsure whether or not she witnessed a murder due to her almost daily habit of pairing medicines prescribed by her therapist and wine while she stares out at the window and watches her neighbors. Now, if this reminds you of anything that was most recently on Netflix, one that we talked about a while back, you may remember this. Nine one one, what's your emergency? I heard somebody scream just now from across the street. What's your address, ma'am? <gasps> ma'am, are you okay? Detective Little. NYPD, nothing's happened to anyone. I saw her murdered. Mr. Russell believes that you made a mistake. Then where is she? Where's your wife? I'm Jane Russell. No, you're not Jane. I know Jane. Jane's been in my house. I know what I saw. I'll prove it. They're all hiding something. I think you know who I am. Stop watching our house. That movie on Netflix is called Rear Window. I'm sorry, that movie's called The Woman in the Window. Woman in the Window is a 2021 American psychological thriller film directed by Joe Wright. Um, Let's see here. Based on the 2018 novel by the same name, where... You have the protagonist who is a woman who house drinking, mixing it with a prescription medicine, staring out the window where she thinks her her husband's her neighbor's wife is murdered. Now, if you're old like us and either one of these sound familiar, that's because you might remember this 1954 classic, The Rear Window. First, you smash your leg, then you get to looking out the window, see things you shouldn't see, trouble. Big going on somewhere. It's a big night. And we oh, won't play the whole clip, but that is the classic Jimmy Stewart movie that even the Simpsons have a done a spinoff on where he has a broken leg and he's staring out the window during a heat wave and he thinks his his neighbor's wife was murdered. Now I get the you know, the homage to the classic Hitchcock film, but when you have two movies they have two different titles, not even the same character, supposed to be completely different storylines, and they both have two single women who mix their medications with their wine, and they both hallucinate and see people who are not there. Spoiler alert. Come out within the same year. It's like, do we not have any more fresh ideas floating around Hollywood right now? So can I chime in on this? Sure, for a please. please. Go do. for it. So I just watched the TV show you were talking about. The first one. I'm only two episodes in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to me, it reminded me like a ripoff TV show that old Tom Hanks movie, The Burbs, to be honest with you. Yes. Like it was it was very hinky in the way they did it. Um, but I mean it was tolerable. Sure. Um, I haven't seen the other one you broadcast, but uh I mean it yeah, you're you're right. The Hollywood has gotten lazy. Not only do they try to do remakes, but they remake the remake and try and put it forward like it's something new. The Burbs was a good movie, and I, I'd probably have to go back. Um, the Burbs was probably a kind of an homage to the rear window as well, but uh, yeah. the Burbs, Tom Hank wasn't, you know, he wasn't stuck in his house. Uh, yeah. In the 
the uh, the woman in the window, she had an accident. She lost a child. No spoiler spoiler alert there. I think her thing is that she's terrified. She can't come out of her house because basically after that trauma, she thinks the world's a dangerous place. And so her psychological disability, she can't leave her house. And the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window, which I'm sure the title kind of makes fun of the other one, that woman is afraid of the rain. And so she can only leave the house when it's not raining. And so it's just like. So she lives in Portland. She's doomed. Yeah, pretty much. Or, or Seattle. Or Seattle. But yeah, oh, and, and just so I can feel better about myself. Oh, damn. I, I, was, I found the sounder. Thank you, Joe McHale. <laughs> but yeah. So um, if you're if you have nothing better to do and you've already seen the woman in the window, you can watch the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window and uh, you can compare the two and then roll your eyes much as I do. And quick fun fact for those of you in your 40s and you want to relive the early 2000s, you can and I just did reinstall Winamp on Windows 10. So if you're tired of Windows Media Player and you want to live like you're young, Winamp is still out there. You can still download it and you can actually go to a website called Winamp Museum and download all of your favorite skins. Um, I think we'd be remiss not to talk about the Joe Rogan Spotify thing that continues to build and build and build by the day did you listen to his uh his little 10 minute deal i listened to clips of his 10 minute deal um of course which means all all messaging is lost just like in his actual interviews sure um i I was listening to stan hay today and they're like yeah he got one of those corporate come to jesus meetings with him but um, you know, I'm a I'm a Joe Rogan fan. I, I see what he does. I think this thing is definitely blown out of proportion. I don't know. The thing I find funny about it, though, is the people who are threatening to take their music off Spotify or who have. We have Joni Mitchell. We have Neil Young. And then now Neil Lofgren of um, Bruce Springsteen's guitarist. So we're talking to people who have pretty much aged out. You know, your classic classics, right? And people whose demographic probably still, I would say 80% of them still listen to their music on CD or record. How many of their fans actually spin tracks on Spotify? How many nah. Neil Young friends are sitting around their living room? Ro- no, they're still rolling their joint on the record of Harvest Moon because they need it as a rolling tray. They're not, you know, yeah. playing Harvest Moon on Alexa on Spotify. They either got it in their, their carried over... 20 disc carousel cd player or if and we all know that records are coming back but the thing is too i i kind of feel like this neil young okay he was the first in the the hatch apparently spotify paid 24 million dollars to prince what's his dick and his wife the one who got extradited from britain and i guess they did one episode and now they're threatening to pull their one episode anybody else getting a feeling that these has-beens and 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 have-nots are kind of just using this to get publicity maybe getting people there's a a little bit of that did you see black rifles response to this whole thing no i know they came out on joe's side yeah and it's it's fun it's great because they got a picture of joe you know basically says uh have a how about a nice big cup of shut the fuck up but uh their, their statement was actually pretty good it says sometimes it's good to shut the hell up and listen to an honest discussion you don't have to agree with it in fact it's better if you listen to topics you agree and don't agree with. Just sit back, drink your drink your damn coffee, listen to the dialogue across the board, and make your own decisions. Then let the folks, other folks make their decisions, and then have honest, open dialogue with them. 
Shut up and listen to them. That is how this is supposed to work. Well, the, Neil Lof, Neil Lofgren's quote, or not Neil, I'm getting the two mixed. Uh, <laughs> Niles Lofgren. His quote is saying, a few days ago, my wife and uh, my wife Amy and I became aware of Neil's and what's her dick standing with a hundred of healthcare professionals, scientists, doctors, and nurses calling for Spotify. Wait, wait, wait. Not thousands, right? Hundreds. With hundreds of health. Okay. Healthcare professionals, yada, 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 uh, to call out Spotify for promoting lies, misinformation that are hurting and killing people. The Rock and Roll Hall of Famer wrote on his newsletter Saturday. Well, first off, he's still writing newsletters. I'm sure he has a hotline, too. So uh, when these heroic men and women who spent their lives healing and saving others cry out for help, you don't want to turn your back on them for money and power. You listen and stand with them. Didn't that one lady, the India Ari or whoever she is, jump on that too? I'm sure. Yeah, that's what's the, the slippery slope is. Is now you're willing to straight up censor people. Well, the, and, and the funny thing is, too, is he wants to stand on the hundreds of nurses and medical professions who are making these cries, right? What about the thousands of nurses and medical professionals who are being shut down for saying the opposite? I uh, tell you, when I got COVID, I had three. All three of my medical professionals told me not to get the uh, second shot. When I we have a family member whose wife is a RN, mm-hmm. and when this thing started, I said, "Hey, do you want to come on the podcast and kind of give us a frontline report?" And she said, in uncertain terms, "I can't. We're all under gag orders. We are not allowed to talk to the media or do podcasts." So that's well, why they're standing by hundreds of people who are speaking out and pro for it, but not for the ones who aren't allowed to talk about it who want to tell you their side of the story. Well, and it's just the fact that uh, a lot of the stuff that people were accused of being conspiracy theorists at the beginning, you know, is starting to come out. You're, you know, I, I had talked about it about two months ago. You're going to start seeing it slip because the narrative was falling apart and these little things are, are being mentioned now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, natural immunity wasn't a thing and now it's actually being mentioned even by F- Fauci on the couchy or whatever the fuck his <laughs> name is, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> To lighten the mood a little bit, I got a question yes, for you guys. The three of us are all relatively the same age. You can tell by our gray hair. Um, when we were growing up, and I worked in fast food, Gordon worked in fast food. I'm not sure um, if our guest has. Um, Adam, did you ever work fast food growing up? Never. I was buried in a shop from the age of 13. Nice. You old man? Yep, yep. What kind of uh, shop work? Same thing, uh, building motorcycles and custom cars. Sweet. Oh, very good. Um, so, actually, you might. How long have you lived in Las Vegas? Fourteen years. Oh, okay, so it's before your time. But uh, I, re- not super recently, but about five years ago, I, I used to live in Henderson. Okay. Yeah. So. About the same time then. Yeah. So yeah, I've been here since two thousand seven. Growing up, okay. th- there was a fine line of demarcation of when you tip somebody. I think we called it mm-hmm. Spenderson and Hendertucky. It was sit-down <laughs> restaurants, sit-down restaurants, and maybe uh-huh. when someone came out to work on your plumbing or your electric, you know, somebody providing service work. And then as time goes by, coffee shops, it became acceptable to tip your baristas and all that. That's fine. And then I find, like, some of these kitschy mom-and-pop food shops put out the tip tray, and that's cool. I went to KFC today, and they have a tip tray. Everybody's the one. Well, that's my question: yeah. Is are we hey, past man, this your point now? Your food's got so expensive. I can't afford to tip you. Uh, yeah, so I didn't know 
have we as a society decided okay it's just all all on with the tipping now or or there's still a holdout saying i only tip at the bar and at the restaurants well see even in there there's a bigger problem so there's a tip tray outside of a drive-thru window mm-hmm. who gets those tips is it divided in between everybody or just the person running the window well i can answer that for starbucks my daughter worked at starbucks for uh, three years and first and foremost, if you want to know why that coffee is five dollars, it's because they actually provide their employees with dental and medical insurance, which I can't complain about. But to answer your question, what they do is they is save up the tips for the entire day, and then it is divided to the, the all the shifts. So basically, if you worked yesterday and we got a total of five hundred dollars worth of tips, it's divided by the amount of people who worked on that day. So for Starbucks, okay. it's actually split up between the whole staff. But here's Can the, you imagine how expensive the coffee is now at one of those Starbucks that unionized? Oh, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Um, but here's the thing, though. If you're a quote-unquote, let's just say, um, classic standard hostess or waitress who's only making two fifteen an hour because you get tips, are you a little butthurt that people in other industries are making 9 12 15 an hour plus tips? Of course, well, they don't get as many tips as you hour. do. I, back in Ohio and Kentucky, I, when I waited tables, it was two fifteen an hour. Yeah, so. Yeah, but I think they've changed that, though, haven't they? Because they know, still it's... have to pay the bare minimum wage. Nope, you have uh, what's called tip credit states. Now, out here in Vegas, it's uh, minimum wage, and it was usually slightly above. But then you tipped out more to the back of the house and everybody else. Yeah. So, uh I was going to say the argument can be made, well, the waitress gets a tip, hopefully, after every meal, and they service that one table, and they split it with the busboy. And, and whereas the people working at the fast food, it's kind of there. But um, the, the wait staff and the busboy, they, if they claim it all, they don't always claim it all, but if they claim it all, they get taxed on that tips, whereas the other cats don't. Well, the trick was you'd claim what was on the credit cards because that was trackable. And so you didn't claim the cash. Correct. Now, that being said, uh, I've asked several servers this question because one thing I cannot stand going into one of these corporate stores is that fucking kiosk sitting on the table. Oh, like a Chili's? <laughs> and I've asked, I said, does this affect your tips at all? No, well, no, not really. It's like, just you know, do me a favor, get rid of it. I, I prefer the old school way of, of doing stuff. And there was one time where I literally tipped a dude a penny. And it was at an Applebee's. And this is coming from a guy who worked at Applebee's for a while. And uh, it was because every time I asked him a question, he said, use the kiosk. Use the kiosk. Use the kiosk. Well, what the fuck are you here? You're a food runner. Now it's a dollar. All right? Exactly. And that's what I was going to say. You know, you go to these places, they have the kiosk. Hi, I'm Bob. Can I take your order? They take your order. Somebody completely different brings you your food. Maybe mm-hmm. once they might come back and ask you for refills. It's like, so now all you're doing is taking my order and bring me one refill. You have an expediter bringing my food. You have a busboy cleaning the table. And now you want me to cash myself out. Uh, what are you doing for that tip now? Other than I literally order? put on there, the amount of tip reflects the lack of service. Yeah. You know, and, and it was on a credit card receipt, too. So, yeah, his, his manager had to see it. I think if I worked there, I would be like, hey, welcome to Chili's. I'm done. This is our kiosk. If you don't mind, I'm just going to take it out of here unless you want to use it. Take it away so I can continue to do my job so I can get that tip. Because I think more and more people are going to be kind of like we're saying, you know, well, if because per, well, I can order from the kiosk, too. OK, so what are you doing? You're As Gordon said, now you're just a food runner. Well, how yeah. long is it going to be before 
they completely eliminate those guys and just put a fucking tram that runs around the, the whole restaurant. You yeah. know what I mean? I've been to a couple of them sushi restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about that last week. A few Absolutely. weeks ago, we were reading a story about Bloomin' Brands, who owns Outback Steakhouse, uh, Carabas, and a few other, how they were closing down shops. And then last week, I noticed there's a place called Ozzy Grill by Outback Steakhouse. And so they're kind of starting to slowly close down some of their sit-in restaurants, and now they're just kind of opening a little box that has a drive-through and carry-out that serves high-end hamburgers. I think fewer and fewer people are eating out, especially in states that are strict with the lockdown mandates and requiring your papers to go sit down at restaurants. So this may be the new way where we slowly start seeing some of these not higher-end. Obviously, the, the white tablecloth joints will always be there for date night, but, well, I guess... I would consider Outback date night worthy food because I can't afford it all the time. So, but yeah, oh. we we might be losing all that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy what's going on here. You know, it's just everywhere you go, either you know, you lived out here for five years ago, and and every place is open twenty four hours a day. Well, I was there when the lockdowns first started, and it went from being a fully functional city that ran rampant 24 hours to after nine o'clock it was a fucking ghost town yeah the homeless moved out from the strip into the suburbs yeah i'm actually on the southwest side of town over by uh southern hills hospital and uh i i would get there was a while recently i just you know i, I try not to eat like crap anymore but it's like you know let me go over to jack in a box it's, it's cheap for breakfast they're open 24 hours nothing they're closed can't get people go to a, a, another place they're closed and just you know they, they just cannot get people and uh well i just Googled my it. question is they're always like well where is everybody going well all the boomers retired yeah but the boomers aren't the ones working in these restaurants yeah. <laughs> you know, where are they going how are they paying their bills right now rent has gone up so much now that a one-bedroom apartment in vegas is about seventeen hundred dollars a month when I lived in Thank Cal you, California, when I lived in California <laughs> in 2002, a studio apartment in the ghetto of Long Beach was a thousand dollars a month. I am not. I don't condone what happened in Vegas to those prices, but I'm not going to lie. I made out like a bandit because <laughs> I sold my house last year. Mm -hmm. I bought it back in 2002 for 198, and I just oh, you made out. I just sold it for 475. I'm right. Behind, I was right behind the Fiesta Casino in Henderson. Which is still closed, by the way. Yeah. What's it's uh, now? They only use it for like food drives or something, for what I hear. Uh, it's all COVID testing sites now. What's the um, cost of living like in the Ozarks? Do what? What's the cost of living in the Ozarks? Is it substantially cheaper? Tax? I'm sure oh, yeah. price, property taxes. I pay about the, the comparable. I pay about seventeen hundred, but you could think I'm on two acres. I've got five bedrooms. And up here, they have the basements. Well, basement isn't technically considered living space, so nope. it's furnished out. Technically, your 2,500-square-foot home is now 5,000. That's the way it was exactly. when we grew up in Ohio. We had a, a house of the furnished basement. All our relatives did. And, and to have a basement in Vegas, you have to be very wealthy. Oh, yes. That caliche is a motherfucker. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it's very expensive. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's nuts, man. It's just... Uh, we made out. We actually had a condo that my wife had purchased right at the, right in two, at the end of two thousand seven, and she paid a lot. And then it ended up, you know, everything tanked in two thousand and eight and nine. We held on to, it. and I had so many people at work say, "Dude, just let it go." I'm like, "Well, I contributed a problem. I don't want to go, you know, pay just as much somewhere else." 
we ended up renting it out and our, our, our property management company was like, don't raise it, don't raise it, don't raise it. We sold it last February and we still lost 20 K on it. Jesus. I, if I held it on another year, I probably could have made some money, but I will take that loss for my taxes <laughs> and move on with yeah. my life. Well, here's, you know? a, here's an indicator sign of the times. I just Googled it. Our Walmarts are still closing at 11 PM. Back in my day, Walmart was open 24 hours up until they were COVID. here too, until people start shooting them up. Yeah. Yeah. COVID, they start closing at 10. Now they're closing at 11, I guess. Chaparral, Chaparral High School, two days ago, there was three, five teenagers just shooting at each other out in front of it. Fucking insanity. It's like insane. And, you know, I, I blame the Raiders. Well, uh, of course. <laughs> the stadium's right next to my job, so I get right. that for sure. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Here's a fun game. Ten movies that viewers couldn't finish, according to Reddit. There's nothing bad, nothing worse than a bad movie. Um, obviously, when you have Netflix, you can just turn it off and change the channel, or can't, or just turn off the stream. But when you're going to uh, theaters, remember Gordon, you you and I walked out of Jack. Was it Jackie Brown at the Dollar Theater? And um, no, we weren't. I was out west in Montana no, at that point in time. Oh, uh, not Jackie Brown. Uh, Get Shorty. It was at the Dollar Maybe Theater shorter, up yeah. in Dublin by Sun Sports, and we started watching it, and we walked out of that one. That's the only movie I ever walked out of. Um, I've seen a lot of people walk out of Kill Bill. Really? Yeah. Well, I saw yeah, Kill Bill mixed reviews. I saw Kill Bill Part Two. I was surprised to see some guy like had his five year old with him. I was like, uh, no, that's not um, quality viewing um on this list from 2019 six underground not even familiar with it um person named movie mentor couldn't finish the watching the latest michael bay movie six underground because the ending was so absolutely atrocious oh, i'm sorry the editing was so absolutely atrocious it's a problem that most bay movies suffer from but it's hard to ignore that the 2019 action film and there are so many action sequences, including parkour, which is one of the most impressive skills to show off on film. And so it was hard to keep track of what the hell was going on. Apparently that's a Ryan Reynolds vehicle. I'm not even familiar with that. Um, 2020's Mank, M-A-N-K, Mank. Here's another one. Um, this sounds like a bunch of like wannabe film critics. Trisket it's Cracker. There. Go ahead. Is there a movie named Rubber on there by chance? Um, I haven't gotten to it yet, but there are some movies on here that you will know by name once we get past this right. indie flick. So uh, 2020's Mank, Trisket Cracker isn't exactly sure why Mank exists. Uh, <laughs> and they gave up on the movie midway through, citing that it's very well filmed, but it kept wondering why I should even care. The film was more of a vanity project than anything else as David Finchers decides to direct a movie which was written by his father all the way back. <laughs> Here's what you need to know about Trisket Cracker, the movie critic. Her beef was, this is a... She doesn't have an original handle? Well... This film was more of a vanity project than anything as David Fincher decided to direct the movie which his father wrote all the way back in the 90s. <laughs> not the 30s. <laughs> not 1953, but the fucking 90s. Back in the 1900s, yeah. Uh, yeah. On top of that, the whole movie is based on a rumor that Orson Welles didn't have as much of a hand in the screenplay of Citizen Kane as many people think. Uh, this one does not surprise me. I'm kind of surprised they even remade this movie. But once again, we were talking at the beginning of the show about remaking licensed product. Apparently, Matrix Resurrection's pretty bad. 
Um, given that there are so many monologues throughout the whole movie, The Matrix Resurrection, it isn't a surprise that some of the viewers had fallen asleep during one of the many uh, exposition dumps. However, given that it's only available to watch on HBO Max as well as being released in some theaters, um, this this movie reviewer, uh, by Carmel Mind, didn't just fall asleep, but they actively turned it off. You have a feeling that most re- movie reviewers are people who are just pissed that they never got anywhere mm-hmm. and they're really into movies. And like, if a lot of good critics too, like that. Yeah. And it's Oof. like, but nowadays, what what happened? It's like not back like in Kevin Smith's day where you got to max out fourteen credit cards to to film a movie. Now you just get an iPhone, you write a screenplay, you get some local college actors, and and you make a flick. Well, to me, I'll be honest with you. I don't think that they have made a decent original not remake original movie since 99 2000 you gotta I'm, think that the last culture to actually come out with anything original and cool was like the 80s the 90s like this newer generation they, they don't have shit i think the only thing is good is uh, it, good is uh stuff like uh on, on drama on television original content yeah. on television like your 1883 your yellowstone yeah. deadwood you know, you name it. And I think that's where the best stuff's at. Now, they got to make sure they don't go like The Walking Dead and carry the thing on forever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, well, yeah, I'm still trying to finish that one just because I feel like I'm so freaking invested. It's like Hollywood well, right now. Their their whole money is so tied up in the, the Big Bang Theory generation, which is what I call them. This is the generation who grew up watching Big Bang Theory, who was taught by watching a bunch of nerds on TV that – comic-con's cool and sort of comic books which is why all these comic book movies are, are blowing up but to what adam said you don't have to admit kevin smith is relishing that right but but to what oh, yeah. but to, to adam's point um and gordon can contest to this i was a huge movie fan i had speaking of kevin smith i had every kevin smith movie including chase and amy on vhs i had yeah. a huge vhs library um in the late 90s you ever watched tusk no, yes. I have I have not seen that one. Horrible, a waste waste of two <laughs> hours. Watch it. Isn't that one? Wasn't that produced by his fat friend though? No, uh, it was him. I thought it was also well his fat friend who was actually. It was one made up because of a live podcast. Oh, was, that's uh, right. Yeah. Which, but it's... I, my my view on that is everybody gets one by. <laughs> well, it's so crazy because you know, and when when I was poor, I didn't have cable. I would just go to Blockbuster and buy the the VHS that were used on three bucks. And so I had a bunch of VHS tapes. And when I moved to California in two thousand one, I left them with my mom. She probably still has them somewhere. And then when I lived out in California, and then when I moved down here, and Carrie and I didn't have cable, we would go to Target. I got a whole shelf of DVDs in here. But as Adam was saying, I haven't bought one, or with the exception of like the Pacific and Band of Brothers and World War II movies, I haven't bought a mainstream movie, whether it's on download, except for the Walking Point my friend made, or 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 movies since then. I occasionally I'll watch something on Netflix, but usually I think the last big movie I was ranting and raving on here about is I went back and watched uh, Midnight Run, which was a 1980s comedy. So I was going back and watching the older stuff because once again, right now, everything's comic book based, superhero based, or some super woke movie that I'm just not interested in. Well, yeah. And and you could even think to compare like, the cheesy B movies of like the early eighties or mid eighties, like the horror movies, like evil dead army of darkness, any of those hell, even night of the living dead, you know, 
Yeah, and you can take it and compare it to an original horror movie in the last 20 years, and there's no comparison. The new one sucks. And and part of that is because of everybody has a short attention span. Um, imagine if Alien, not Aliens, plural, but Alien just came out. Didn't come out in the 70s, came out now. That yeah, movie would be a flop burn. because it, it is a slow people. burn. They, I think it's 28 minutes or even 45 minutes before the first Alien's even seen. And everything now is from the from the title screen on. It's just nonstop action and CGI. And it's just dopamine hit, dopamine hit, dopamine hit for two hours and you're done. To yeah. the point where a lot of people are saying, like a lot of these superhero movies, like, what the hell would have happened in that movie? It's just, you know, the plot line suffers. I tell you, so since we cut the cord a couple of weeks ago and we picked up Disney Plus, yes, I haven't watched the right stuff yet. I will next week. I'm on vacation. Um, yeah, we, we picked up HBO Max. We pitch, picked up, you know, uh, AMC Plus, um, Paramount Plus, and then the Hulu that has all the live TV. I don't even know where to start. I'm overwhelmed mm-hmm. with the amount of shit I got to watch. Real quick, back to uh, the list. Speaking of uh, superhero movies, Wonder Woman 1984, people walked out on. Um, I won't read the whole thing. Anchorman 2, who even thought that would be fucking good? Uh, when you're coming out with movies 10 years after the original... It's not going to be good. Um, Anchorman yeah, was great. It was a sign of its time. It was just it pocket. It was perfect to come out with a part two years later. Just not so much. Go ahead, yeah, Adam. That's like the second Boondock Saints movie. Like they aced it with the original. The second one was complete garbage. Fun fact: the first uh, the I found Boondock Saints on VHS tape before it was a cult classic. I found it at Hollywood Video right before they're closing up for like four dollars i had it on vhs now i have it on dvd i had the shirts but like you're saying boondock sanks too sucked um super uh, super troopers boom that is a perfect comedy it was great early 2000s 10 years later kickstarter campaign super troopers 2 well let's be honest they kind of lost them by the time beer fest rolled around anyhow yeah but beer fest was actually for its time, like Beer Fest was pretty good. That's like the original hangover. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mini Saints in New York, people walked out on. F9, never even heard of it. Uh, Sorry to Bother You, never even heard of it. Uh, Doolittle, which apparently was a reboot, speaking of um, pre-existing films, that um, has freaking um, Robert Downey Jr. in it. One of his worst ones to date. I have not seen it. Is it that bad? Yeah, and because I've always been a fan of the Doctor Doolittle movies because they've remade it so many times, but in different ways. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing but Robert Downey Jr. and CGI. I think their their cast has got to be less than a hundred people. Now, by the screenshot and the sideburns, is this like a late seventeenth century film, or has he yes. just got a bad haircut? No, they they took it back to back to the late uh, what I think it was like the early eighteen hundreds. Okay. Yeah, because they're just by the screenshot. It's like so many of these I haven't even heard or heard them even promote. You sound like you're a big, huge movie fan. Um, name, I don't know, name a movie that came out in the mid-2000s that you've rewatched lately that still stands up. Oh, um, you know, and, and I'm going to get a little, little kind of weird on you guys. Like, I was a big Drew Barrymore fan, so like... Um, I recently rewatched E.T., which wasn't mid-2000s. Let's think. Um, Did you see Donnie Darko at all? She produced and directed yes. that. 
Donnie Darko was amazing. Um, I guess mid two thousands. I don't really. It could even been. It could have been late nineties. Just you know, from our prime days. Yeah. Um, I think Hangover is the only one I can think of. That's yeah. That I, I recognize that. I I'm like okay. I can is watch. Is Hangover this. that old? Yeah. It's uh, two thousand ten. Yeah. Well, Holy crap. Okay. A movie um, that still holds now up. Now we feel even older. <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to ask you guys' opinion on, on a specific movie, though, because it's hit and miss with a lot of people, and it depends on their sense of humor. That movie, The Interview, um, it had Seth, Seth Rogen and... The North Korean uh, movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I suffered through it. I wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, I thought the Eminem part was fucking funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> be honest with you, I, I personally kind of got burnt out on Seth Rogen and what's his dick by the time Pineapple Express rolled out. I really the had high I hopes. Liked it is it could have really pissed off Kim Young. Well, yeah. Oh, that, and it did. And it, it did. did. He, yeah, it, it He's still throwing missiles at us. Not getting very far, but hey. <laughs> no. Um, but a movie that holds up that I just watched again lately was Snatched and uh, Snatched. Lock, Stock, and Two okay. Smoking Barrels by Guy Ritchie. Both those movies still hold up. Yes, amazing. Uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels is one of my favorite movies. Aren't we due for another Guy Ritchie movie? <laughs> it's only been 25 years. I mean, as long as it's not like Snatch rebooted. No, I mean, or, just yeah. a fresh storyline. Don't even have to bring Vinny and all those cats. A whole new cast of unknown to us americans i'm sure they were known to the, to the british audience but both those movies even though those actually, two all those good actors are actors now over here so we're kind of <laughs> actually stuck. speaking of uh, uh snatched so uh the guy who played the mobster in snatch the one from, top no not the one from new york the di- the oh. guy who wants the diamond he flew to yeah, yeah. the guy who played in goodfellas he that character that he played in Snatch is a damn near to a T homage to the exact same character that same guy played in Midnight Run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Midnight Run, he's on the phone the whole time yelling at people, organizing stuff just like he is on Snatch. So, have you seen Midnight Run? Uh, yes, it's I saw it for the first time not too long ago, and I was I was greatly impressed with. It. I'm glad I'm glad I didn't see it as a kid because it, you know, I'm sure I would have liked it. But seeing it for the first time in my 40s, I definitely appreciate the um, the quality of it and the fact that their car chase scenes and the helicopter chasing the car was done with a helicopter and a car, not CGI. I miss the old school stuntman car chases yeah. and helicopter scenes. Speaking well, of the C- speaking of CGI, and I'm a little late to the game, but I had picked up Disney Plus. I decided to watch The Mandalorian. Yes, I haven't seen. Fan fucking tastic, amazing, and and I it's a great blend of old and new. You know, they still obviously got the the old style, uh, you know, mask in that, but they kind of add a little CGI to it to make them blink in that. And it's the humor in it is the best part. It is yeah. so effing funny. And self-aware. The best part, I think, was the whole stormtroopers trying to shoot the can and they couldn't fucking hit it. <laughs> the guys who ride the speeder bikes. It, it was great. Adam, I got to throw in a shameless plug. Do you have Disney Plus? Um, I used to, and I got it specifically to watch The Mandalorian, and then I uninstalled it right away after. Okay, I was going to ask you if you watched the remake of the right stuff, but never mind. No, no, not yet. Um, it's so, Don's big. Of, it was Don's big movie debut. Well, it's not a movie, but I was I was in episode one and four. But anyhow, I was background actor. 
But you have a question you're, you're going to bring up a movie or something? Yeah. So to kind of touch back just uh, a little ways, not to backtrack, but how you were talking about uh, movie remakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one that I thought was honestly the best and possibly be- not better than the original, but just as fucking good is the uh, Mad Max remakes with Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron. Thunder Road. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've not the, seen them. I haven't no. either. I do want to see that. It's on my list. I got to see if that's on Amazon or YouTube. I wonder where the only out. thing that makes the new one just as good is the updated graphics, some of the CGI, like just the crazy steampunk vehicles that they hand built for the for the movie. It's it's awesome. For those of you screaming at your YouTube and Twitch right now, it's my my bad. It's Fury Road, not Thunder Road. But oh, it is on Amazon Prime. I'll have to go watch that. I'll have to check that one out. Um, before we get to the news, actually, uh, I'll I'll just I want to get it. real quick. German gamer breaks his neck playing VR. That's how fat and squishy we've become now that people are breaking their goddamn necks playing VR. Um, I want to get in this topic. We brought it up earlier. I had a thought today driving down the street. We know that Generation Z is in love with the '80s, primarily because of Stranger Things. And they've never lived through it. And and you, and you can't blame them too bad because we, as members of Generation X, during the 90s, especially when Days and Confused came out, people were wearing 70s-style clothing. And I often joke around the the um, Goyam's equivalent to, uh, to a bat mitzvah is when white, white males turn 13, they discover the Doors and Led Zeppelin. <laughs> so every 13-year-old boy has a Doors banner and a Led Zeppelin and black light posters and lava lamps. But the thing that I find ironic about Gen Z being in love with the 80s is the 80s would completely destroy their delicate sensibilities. So oh, 100%. 100%. At least when Generation X was in love with the 70s, we were a counterculture generation looking back to what some people would call the quintessential counterculture generation. So it we were on the same well, level playing for we may not agree with the politics well, now do you do you think part of that's because the image of the 80s was kind of soft with the styles very much so so my theory on that um like to sum it up like hard men creates easy times easy times creates soft men and the, the cycle continues so like the boomers created the hard 70s people mm. and crazy and then our parents were the soft ones which made us harder and our skin was thick like we we didn't care if people said stupid stuff to us you know what i mean but i just think it's funny that you got this generation of kids who are and even some of the late late millennials um who are all about the cancel culture we need to get woke change things they're in love with a time when everything was gay If you did something stupid, you're a fag. The F word was dropped, and we're not talking the F-U word. It's the other F word. You know, if you did something stupid, you're a fag. We went outside and played Smear the Queer. (laughs) I mean, don't be a pussy. Don't be a pussy. Uh, You know, just everything that they're against now was basically quintessential 80s because we had just came out of the 70s. We, people were starting to be rebellious and you know people were trying to push the limits in in music with the cursing and all that and so that and and just kind of pushing the envelope and which carried more into the 90s but it's just so funny it's like you guys are in love with a, a time and era where if you actually heard what was going on and what people were saying you would lose your god ever loving freaking minds and you would cancel the 80s and so oh yeah well and they 100 percent know this 
but they choose to only love the part that appeals to them. Which is the clothes, the which sucked. The clo- clothing in the 80s wasn't cool in the 80s, and it sure shit isn't cool in 2022. <laughs> yeah. I heard Jinko Jeans is trying to make a comeback now, too. Oh, Lord. <laughs> the funny thing about that, because Gordon and I, we were, uh, we, uh, we both put about 18 years in a skateboarding. Um, before the, the Jinko Jeans was basically the corporate version of trying to reproduce subculture skateboard styles because yeah. skaters thrift, thrift store pants we were going to the thrift stores and i think back then i wore a size 28 waist i was i, I at six foot five i weighed 175 when i graduated high school so i probably had a size 28 waist but i was going to the thrift store and buying size 34 corduroy pants and 34 jeans and wearing corduroy. <laughs> and wearing a tight belt and our pants are super baggy and long and so some corporate clothing company said well let's cash in on this and then they just started making them bigger and bigger and dumber and dumber and dumber just like now it's so funny i i see especially like you'll see these yoga moms at starbucks and they have the long sleeves with the the thumb hole yeah. <laughs> it's like i remember actually making the holes in the thumbs of our sleeves back in the day and, and it was usually the waffle um uh under long underwear right mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's just it just occurred to me that they're in love with uh, they're in love with the generation that they wouldn't be able to handle. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, and that's like any of us older folk nowadays. Like, and I even hate to use that word, older folk, because yes, we've aged, but I, I sure as hell don't feel like I'm forty. Well, you know the, what I mean? Well, the older we get, the younger old gets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, and, I'm closing in on fifty, and I don't have kids. So I really don't realize how old I am. Well, and plus <laughs> we. Because of medicine and, and all the vitamins and stuff, um, as people have pointed out, 40 and 50-year-olds of 2022 don't look near as old as the 40 and 50-year-olds of the 1960s, 70s, and 80s. Granted, those 40 and 60-year-olds fucking lived through World War II and they seen a lot of shit in the age real quick and Korean War and Vietnam War. But yeah, we definitely look younger than our, our counterparts. Um, that's for damn sure. But it sounds like the younger generation's aging quick too, so... You know, is it the screens and and, and not physical activity? Yeah. As well, I, I think technology hands down in a way ruined society because like you said, oh, yeah. we back then it was active. The coolest thing you had back when we were skateboarding was a pager where you hit a payphone to call your buddy back or anything like that. Yep. You know, everybody if you can find back. one that still had a receiver on it. it exactly. <laughs> And oh, what, that was back when I used to skateboard over on the east side of Vegas. We'd go behind a Smith's and they had the big yellow ledges back there. Mm-hmm. And we'd spend the whole day in 110 degree heat, sweating our ass off, having a blast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, now Vegas does got some good skate parks. I will give it to them with that. That's uh, one thing I wish we had growing up was the abundance of skate parks. We did have one decent one called Dodge uh, down in the hood. Mm-hmm. So where all the, all the suburban crackers would go. Next to the 25 cent public pool. And next to the 25 cent public pool. Uh, but man, it was it was awesome times. Before we get into the news, one more thing. I got to do this just because I'm a World War II aficionado. Did you guys hear Whoopi Goldberg put her fucking foot in her mouth? Good. Listen to this insanity. I don't even. I, I, and this was so dumb that the other Yentas on the, on the view were dumbfounded. Listen to this. Let's be truthful that- about it because the Holocaust isn't about race. No. No, it's well, not about maybe race. Maybe ethnicity. It, yeah, they no, consider Jews about, a different it, race. But it's, it's not about race. 
It's not about well, race. What is it about? Because you, it's about man's inhumanity to man. So now she's on the apology tour, but she kind of brings up a good question. Cause it's look, interesting. She makes a statement like that, but look at her last name. Yeah, right. But let's just take it slow, real quick and just think, well, because people tend to think race means different color skin, right? Different ethnicity. And so to give her the benefit of the doubt, I Googled, is there a racial makeup difference in Jews than other, you know, non-Jews? And I found this interesting story on The Guardian, but this has nothing to do with what, because this is actually published back in June of 2019. It says, what does it mean to be genetically Jewish? I won't read the whole thing. But it goes in talking about people doing these DNA tests. And it says, uh, when my parents sent away uh, saliva to get a genetic testing company late last year, we were informed via email a few weeks later that we we're both 100% Ashkenazi Jew. How do you pronounce that, Gordon? Ashkenazi? I think that's uh, Eastern European. Ashkenazi yeah. Jewish. It struck me as slightly odd. Most people I know who have done DNA tests receive ancestry results that correspond with the geographical areas. Chinese, British, West African, Jewish, by comparison, is typically phrased as a religious and cultural identity, not so much a race. So I wondered how it is that they were able to trace it back to my parents' DNA. After arriving in Eastern Europe around the millennium ago, the company's website explained Jewish communities remain segregated by force and by custom, mixing only occasionally with local populations. Isolation slowly narrowed the gene pool, which now gives modern Jews of European descent, like my family, a set of identifiable genetic variations that set them apart from other European populations at the microscopic level. All that. So are we saying basically, if it was America, they would be Appalachian Jews, hillbilly yeah. Jews? That would be a good point. West Virginia Jews. I wonder I'm if from Kentucky, I, I would say it. I, I wonder <laughs> if Appalachians would, if a certain strain of them would be considered their own race. But and so yeah, yeah, they're called Melungeons. And so, yes, Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, the Holocaust was in fact about, well, okay. A majority of the Holocaust was about race. People tend to forget that concentration camps also included homosexuals, uh, gypsies, uh, people of different political ideologies, and um, handicapped people as well. But yes, you saying it included all the woke? It, what would be considered a <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> today's uh, thing, right? I'm yeah, sorry. The, the, I, you yeah. might as well play the drop, Don. I mean, yeah, Jesus it's, Christ, it's, it's been a while. Hold on, it's, it's been a while. Again cause trouble, hurt someone's feelings. Yet he didn't want to do it. Yes, troublesome people are often people in trouble. They may be mentally ill. Find out how you can help. Write Better Mental Health, Box 3000, New York 1, New York. Hi, my name is Tom McDonald. Welcome to the show. If you are easily offended, then, then you, you probably should go. You ready for the news? Sure, let's talk about Adam. Joining us now from the Digital 14 the West News in. Desk in Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how are you doing tonight? Now we can talk about him. Okay, so to give us a little bit of your background, what brought you on the show today? Um, I met your brother through TikTok. I fish a lot. Um, very uncensored. I'm going through my third profile because I'm unapologetically 
me. That's how our generation is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not my problem if you're offended. I don't have to water myself down for that. You know what Hi, I mean? Hi, my name is Tom McDonald. Welcome to the show. If you are easily offended, then you probably should go. He, he's like the only millennial rapper that a, that really appeals to Gen X. It's what's hilarious. Yeah, well, I almost see now Tom McDonald, I have mixed reviews on. Amazing artist, but I almost wonder if he's not put to the task for a different reason. Well, that, that hypothesis has been made by uh, mother rappers as well. Yeah. So, but, uh, so I initially, I met him on there and we started talking and, you know, just got to know each other over, uh, you know, live text streams. Video. Yeah. Live streams. I, I've been living vicariously through him fishing where everything's frozen here for the last three months. <laughs> no ice fishing in Missouri, huh? Uh, I'm, I'm not an ice fisherman. If I have to just let a pole sit there and twiddle my thumbs, I, I can't do it. Yeah, that's yeah, what I call... It's st- just a quick way to get drunk. That's what I call static fishing. I'm a dynamic fishing guy. I I, yeah. I don't like... I'll see these live streams. and more power to them, but I'll see these TikTok live streams. Are, they have like seven poles sitting there in the water just waiting. And to me... And that's what a lot of people think. That I mean, reminds me of us growing up. Well, and that's what I would say. People are like... And- why do you like the fish? Because that's what they think. When they think fishing, they think bobber, night crawler, and sitting there. It's like, no, we... Or throw it on the bottom and hoping to catch a catfish. No, I'm out there casting probably 2,000 times in four hours. It's well, I'm a dynamic fisherman. I, I'm constantly... Even when I fish with a rubber worm, it's fish, let it plop, slow retrieve. I very rarely let it sit there. Yeah. But you pull gotcha. out some big old lunkers out there in, in the Ozarks. Yes, yes. Um, you know that out here, the fish—they're they're, they're a different breed. Like the the Ozarks, there's no place like it. Like the whole of Missouri and Louisiana, there's no places like it in the United States. You can go like towards Florida, and the the geographical landscape completely changes. It's Missouri is just its own little slice of heaven, to be honest. Now, Adam is the quintessential blue-eyed devil. <laughs> and I don't say that in the in the mean term. He actually has like the bluest eyes in the world. But you people have been accusing you of using filters on TikTok. To which point you had to explain that it's actually a potential negative to have eyes that color because there is history of um, is it macular degeneration or a different type of eye failure when you have eyes of that color. Um- so it is, it is immaculate degeneration, but also with the work I do, um, like being a welder, everything else, like I have to have a custom lens, everything else, because a normal lens, I'll still get flash burn and I won't be able to see for hours on it. That so makes it, sense because, I mean, we always thought my eyes were blue, but they're kind of more of a gray. His are like white. rare. <laughs> but uh, I was always told by my doctor, especially out here, my eye doctor, uh, hey, man, you've got really light colored eyes. Be super careful. You know, yeah. it, and and I get glares easy, uh, and I I, I kind of understand where you're coming from. Growing up in Kentucky, um, early on before my dad moved to Ohio, he he was a welder off and on, and and that's one skill I wish I, I'm obviously I can still learn it now, but that's a skill I wish I would have picked up a long time ago. I would that I don't have any application for it now, but I would like to have that in my back pocket. I'll be honest with you, um, a lot of people won't tell you this, and they'll frown upon it, but. Go to Harbor Freight, spend a hundred dollars on a one ten flux core wire feed, and just learn. Yeah, you know, because that way, if it's not for you, you're only out a hundred bucks. If it is for you, you get to learn on a less advanced system. So when you get the new one, it's easy. 
our Gotta nephew, walk before you run, son. Our nephew, believe it or not, actually started taking a welding in high school, and we were so happy with him because there's so few out there compared to the 80s and 70s and that that if you have that skill, especially in his generation, he's going to be making bank. I think he's afraid he's going to be stuck like in the iron workers union and, and, and that, which is a lot of money, but it is a lot of repetitive work too. But once but, you get that skill, you can go off and do other things mm-hmm. like what Adam does. Oh, 100%. Yeah. He'll never be stuck because there no, are. Well, so yeah. I, and so- I, I get that. I just think he's been kind of talked to that way, yeah. which kind of sucks. You know? Yeah. Cause the well, unions go so right to people- the high school. Go ahead. There are so few people today that actually take the time to learn a life skill like that. I, that I'm an was, electrician. I can't. We can't find good electrical help at all. So. Yeah, I mean, and it's the same thing with welding. Like I've watched over the last, you know, 23 years of me doing all this mm-hmm. professionally. I've watched it slowly decline, and then the ones that are coming out because they felt they were entitled or they white carded in or bullshit. They're they're just fucking garbage, to be honest. You know good hard welders because you can like you said you can do the the iron workers union the pipe fitters mm. union you could go to the custom side you could do wrought iron fences you could do anything because that even comes down to the brazing mm-hmm. going to school for it they'll teach them how to braze you could get into hvac and braze and repair units like that there's always work and then if you're real good you can do the super hard shit like stainless steel welding or underwater yeah underwater is hard stainless is easy you just have to have your gas right well, if it gets too hot, then the stainless steel loses the color. We'll get all fucked up. And I'm so, yeah. Stainless steel and diamond plate are both. I actually built ambulances for three years, and nothing burns up a drill bit like diamond plate. I can tell you that. I tell you, I've, I've never welded, but, man, I love a plasma cutter. Yes. The one cutting through pan deck and construction. Those things, whew, they're fun. I have a little 220-volt uh, uh, plasma cutter that I i use religiously i love it makes life easy doesn't it (laughs) hell yes well because compared back in back when i was learning growing up like 99 2000 Mm -hmm. like all they had was the old oxyacetylene torches plasma cutters weren't as advanced as they are now like you would cut it and it would be choppy even if you were a good cut at it it would be choppy back then now with the plasma cutters i have it's smooth as butter you barely have to hit it with a file and you're good to go yeah, mine was still pretty choppy. I, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from there. But, uh, yeah, just to make it almost like a nice straight edge would be phenomenal. We haven't done one of these. I want to preempt your news. Hold tight. And now for the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. You don't have to eat six times a day. You don't need to have that calorie input all the time. This is not right. Oh, breakfast is the best and most important meal of the day. It's not. In the last 200 years, you change your diet again. Now you are industrialized. Now you start eating processed foods. Vegetable seed oils. I told you about that before in a previous lecture. Totally processed. You need massive factories to produce vegetable seed oils. It is so processed. And yet now, we consume that like it's going out of style. All of you consume vegetable seed oils, whether you like it or not, because it's in all processed foods. The Paleolithic being ate maybe once a day. And he ate during the daytime, by the way. Because if he tried to eat at nighttime with the carcasses outside, the hyenas or some other animal will want to share that with you. Probably make you their meal as well.
And this has been the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. Sadly, they didn't give the guy's name, but he was a medical doctor giving that speech at a medical um, seminar. So, but it's true about. And the... then if he was on Joe Rogan, it would be all bad news. Yeah. Um... Or if we had Joe Rogan's audience, we it would be misinformation. So, uh, hey Don, how's the iguanas today? You know, you're like the fifth person I asked me about this, and this is what I love about local media. I guarantee you that all the f- pictures you're seeing and all the film footage you're seeing is from like eight years ago. When I worked, at, when I worked in radio, this thing came out. Somebody did a local news story about the frozen iguanas falling from the trees. And I had lived down here since 2004. And the first time this news story had came up was like 2013. Are you telling me from 2004 to 2013, the temperature never dropped down to the low 40s? Yes, it did. Yes, iguanas allegedly fell out of trees, but it's not a plethora. I will say in the last three weeks of me out fishing, I don't see them anywhere, but sounds I don't like see a, them frozen or or sound, illuminated. Sounds like a topic of the next TikTok video. Yeah. So coming in from the AP, out of St. Petersburg, Florida. This was today. Cold snap in Florida for is different than in other places. They uh, Evidently, you guys put on coats at 50 degrees. Fuck yeah, we do. Pussies. <laughs> Uh, no blizzard conditions there in the Sunshine State, though. They have their own issues as well as when the thermometer drops. According to the National Weather Service, it said Sunday it's going to be warm up nicely for the weekend. However, uh, the near freezing temperatures were quite rare in Florida at first glance. Uh, the citrus, strawberry, and tomato. What the hell does this have to do with iguanas? Uh, winter crops uh, suffered no damage. That being said, iguanas, uh, they're struggling, allegedly. Struggling. They're, they are an invasive species, and uh, they are well accustomed to the trees of South Florida. Mm-hmm. But when it gets uh, cold, such as below 40 degrees Fahrenheit, they go into short of a suspended animation and fall to the ground like a drunk mm-hmm. on Vegas Strip. Um, <laughs> but they'll usually wake up when the sun warms up and, and get moving around. So apparently this has been happening around West Palm Beach this week when it hit 37 degrees. Uh, West Palm Beach, 37, chicks and bikinis. Ooh, I bet those nipples are. Anyway, uh, the coldest morning in the past 12 years. So it's been 12 years at least. Up in uh, up the East Coast in Vero Beach, the record low was tied at 30 degrees Fahrenheit, which was set in 1978. Don would never have left the house. Nope. Uh, still, you know, none like a whiteout. They've got to just just keep your eye out for these, uh, these iguanas falling out of the trees because it's article has completely fallen apart well you know the funny thing is is when the article first happened 12 you know back in 2013 because they are invasive issues what they have lopped off all the following up articles because people lost their ever fucking loving minds florida fish and wildlife were suggesting to people that when you see the iguanas frozen go ahead and pick them up and put them in your freezer so that they will stay frozen and eventually die so we can help eradicate the population (laughs) but the fact that they were suggesting people put iguanas in their freezers and so that they who's got a freezer that fits a six foot iguana? Well, if they're that, yeah, you that, why wouldn't they just say to humanely euthanize it and put it in a trash can? That was in Article One, but then they they got shit for suggesting people kill them with pellet guns because it is legal to shoot them with pellet guns. Now you guys like to make fun of people here in Florida and these these cold states. 
when it gets oh, cold. Here we go. So here, here's a follow up. <laughs> yeah, you got this one TikTok person from Alaska. Here's, gotta tell here, everybody hey, how it hey, is. It's, this is how <laughs> it is right here. Oh, where, where did Brian go? Oh, hold on. Uh, oh, oh, that's right. Hold, hold, hold. I was born and raised there. And now there I'm living go. in the there South. And guess what? People perfect. from down South are like, oh my gosh, it's 60 degrees. It's so cold. Oh boy. I'm going to give you some perspective from an Alaskan. You see this right here? Alaska? Yeah, I was born and raised there. And now I'm living in the South. And guess what? It does get cold down here. I would rather be in Alaska with zero to negative temperatures than be in Georgia when it's 30 or less with any kind of a wind or a breeze. See, in the north, we have dry air. In the south, you have humidity, which means you have humidity in the wintertime, which means that the air turns to ice, and with a breeze, it cuts straight to the bone. 20 degrees in Alaska, I'd wear a hoodie or a t-shirt outside. 20 degrees in Georgia, I'm putting a jacket on. No shame. I get made fun of all the time. Oh, you're from Alaska? You got that big old jacket on? Aren't you used to the cold? Yes, but not this cold. Not to mention it can be 70 or 80 in the daytime and 30 degrees at night. That's a 50 degree difference with no time to acclimate. So and furthermore, time. all you people want to make fun of me for being cold when it's 60, my answer to you is meet me in August and we'll go outside in jeans and a long sleeve yeah, shirt yeah. and hey, see who hey. survives the longest. Yeah, Don, meet me in August when we had my wedding and it was 110 degrees. Yeah, and we had to stand in front of Bellagio to get the photo, but they had the fucking fountains on a different timer due to maintenance and we're out there <laughs> roasting in the sun and, and the limousine, the Hummer limousine's AC wasn't working. <laughs> And who was the noisiest complainers? The Greek in-laws. Yep. Um, Bastard-ass bastards. Well, see, and that's what's funny. He's sitting here playing something from a girl in Alaska and talking about because of the humidity and the cold. No, she's in Georgia Missouri, Missouri is one of the most humid states in the United States next to Florida, and it gets in the negative degrees every night here. Mm -hmm. I, I still only wear a hoodie outside. Goes to show that 90% of it's right here. Yeah. I lived in Montana. I was roughing in uh, expensive custom homes at 30 below straight up. Yeah, no, but when, yeah. I, when we lived in Ohio and Kentucky, I was the same kid that was going to the bus stop in shorts in 42-degree weather. But when you live in a hot-ass area like this for so damn long, it, it gets fucking cold. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Germany. Yeah, Let's go to Germany. Gut, yeah. <laughs> Two female inmates at a German prison has been served a hefty, hefty fine for a brawl that began with a food fight. Caged heat. The German news agency DPA reported Wednesday that the cellmates in the prison in a at a prison in Augsburg began throwing they got this backwards. I'm gonna flip it. Mashed potatoes at each other. What did they say? Potato following mash? A, yes, potato mash. Moist. Wow, nobody likes a dried mashed potato. Moist. Following a disagreement. Pretty much. Uh, th then one woman threw her entire plate at the other, which is probably not a plate, but one of them trays that yep. are about that thick, uh, who responded in kind. The situation then escalated into a brawl. and probably missing bras. In which both inmates were injured, according to the DPA. Both inmates were moist. Well, it was a woman's prison. Very good. Caged teeth. <laughs> Uh, the court, the court of the southern town of Augsburg sentenced one defendant to pay a fine of what is equal to $3,045. <laughs> That's going to take a lot out of their commissary. While yeah. the other received a fine of $2,030. Uh, Why does it have to be a tongue twister? <laughs> because it is. Uh, if they fail to pay, the women can spend another 18, 180 or 120 days behind the bars. Respectively. Hello. 
nurse. Not in a female prison. <laughs> You're a fan of Toyota, Don. Yeah, I am. As as I am, uh, you know, which is interesting because what kind of car do you ride, Adam? Um, I have a 2018 F450. I do now. That's I, a truck. This <laughs> as well. Well, I got a toy uh, tow stuff all over the country. Oh yeah. So. No, that's perfect for tow- towing. Yeah, I would definitely take a Ford F450 over F450. even a Tundra for towing. Is that is that the ones that kind of look like a miniature semi? Uh, yes, it's it's the dually rear end. Um, mine has an air ride suspension on it, so I can jack it up towards like a six inch lift and lower it. I'm so, I'm such a cynical prick that when I see a dually, I think there's two more tires I can't afford. Hey, but you know what though? <laughs> they Speaking wear less. <laughs> Everybody complains about four-wheel drive. I got six-wheel drive, so fuck them. There you go. So four-wheel drive gets 20 feet further than two-wheel drive in snow, and six-wheel drive gets another 10. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, do you have what? Living agri- in Montana, I've seen a lot of things stuck, including Hummers, which has always been hilarious. Do you have an agricultural diesel can in the, on your bed? Uh, no. No red fuel for him. <laughs> well, no, oh, well... <laughs> officially no officially no but yeah i never knew that i never knew that there was a color difference between agricultural diesel and road diesel and the only reason is is for they can bust you for using it and there's no tax on it so little known fact if you ever get the chance to learn or anything about that add uh two capsules of two strike motor oil to it and it'll turn clear or a bluish color just like the normal or say you've been told Yes, so I've been told, yes. Allegedly. So Toyota is heading to the moon with a cruiser, robotic arms, and a dream. Toyota is working with Japan's space agency on a vehicle to explore the lunar surface. The ambition is to help uh, people live on the moon by 2040. Wow, that's just around the corner. And then go live on Mars, according to company officials. The vehicle is developed in Japan, aerospace exploration agency called the Lunar... What would it, if it's a Toyota and it's on the moon, what is the name? Eclipse. I mean, granted, that's a Mitsubishi, but same thing. Well, we have the Land Cruiser. Oh. The Lunar Cruiser? Lunar so Cruiser, yes. Okay. Tell him what he's won. Absolutely Don. nothing, because we have no budget. Yeah, they're probably going to rescue Elon Musk's car that landed on the moon. Is that where it is landed? Is that where it ended up? I have no clue. I'm just assuming, but <laughs> hey, you know, you know, you got fuck yourself money when you can send your own roadster to the space, right? Uh, and which is funny because Jeff Bezos is looking more and more like Doctor Evil every day. Mm-hmm. But uh, so it is set to He's launch in asshole, the late 2020s. Asshole, what? major asshole. Gun is made first class. Philip asshole. I know that. How many assholes we got on this ship, anyhow? Yo. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Keep firing, assholes! <laughs> Back to your moon story. The vehicle is based on an idea that people eat, work, sleep, and communicate with others safely in cars. Evidently, they haven't been to Vegas. Evidently, they've never been to Florida either. And the same can be done in outer space. Well, there's no traffic uh, on the moon. <laughs> may get the errant moon rock. Um... Said, uh, That'll Taku fuck up Sato, an oil pan real quick. Takao Sato, I can't say his name, who heads the Lunar Cruiser Project at the Toyota Mordo Corporation. The question is, if it takes Toyota 10 to 15 years to update a car, 
<laughs> How long will it take them to... And can they shut the assembly line down for that one vehicle? Uh, we see space as an area for a once-in-a-century transformation. By going to space, we may be able to develop telecommunications and other technologies that will prove valuable to human life, Sato told the Associated Press. Giotti Japan Inc., a venture contracted with Toyota, has developed the robotic arm for the lunar cruiser designed to perform tasks such as inspection and maintenance. So my thought was, is maybe this is a company that creates the robotic, you know, assembly line robots. I would we, almost think that would be the same. Yeah, probably. Don't, don't they already have rovers that do the same thing? So it's not like new technology. They're just attaching it to a vehicle. Yeah, why don't that they just correct. put a like a a Corolla badge on the front? We need to take this assembly arm and put it on this vehicle and send it to the moon. And then put a Corolla grill badge on the front of it and problem solved. As long as the head unit isn't as slow as the one in my 2021 Tacoma, we'll be all good. I don't have any problem with my Tundra. Um, yeah, wait till you see the new ones. Nice, but they got problems. Uh, never ever buy a first no. run of a next generation. It doesn't pay to be the first on the block when it comes to like technology. all them rusty F one fifties that fucking showed up on. on and I, I'm still that guy because we grew up in Kentucky and we grew up poor and we saw so many old farm trucks. Every time I see those Chevys and the GMCs with the fancy three piece tailgate that folds into stairs and escalators and elevators. I don't see the new version of that truck sitting in front of me. I see the 15-year-old version where those three components are all falling apart, and it's just a fucking clusterfuck hanging off of somebody's bed because their tailgate's no longer solid. It's in three different pieces because all the components have worn out, and the and poor guy who it owns it can't afford to fix it. it. Yep. Yeah. Well, and you know for a fact, when that one's falling apart, you'll see a 70 or 72 Chevy or GMC blow right past it, still running with 500,000 miles. Or that guy's going to be down at the local pick and save trying to find a, a mid-90s tailgate that fits that same dimension of his truck. Or he's just going to put the old school net on the back. Oh, I get better gas mileage, so I'm going to put this Baja net on the back of my Ford Ranger. Hey, do they man, still it's not as bad as me. I just dropped the tailgate. What's that? <laughs> do they still make those old nets, the ones that they used to have for the old Toyotas that say pre-runner on the back of it? I don't know. I haven't seen the net since I left Ohio, but back in Gorsley in the 90s before Mythbusters busted the myth, everybody would either take their tailgates off or put those nets on because I'm going to get better gas mileage, less wind drag. And the only savings you really got is if you throw a tonneau cover on. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. You might save a half a point of a gallon just because you took 50 pounds off your truck. Yeah, that's true. Uh, trucks. Anyway, so uh, Toyota's uh, flying a cruiser to the moon, allegedly. We'll see when it gets there. Mm -hmm. And then, Don, you're, uh, this is last story, but you know about and Burling now, Owls. breaking news. What's that? You know about Burling Owls. That's Burl Owls. Burl Owl. He said, Dad, I want a Burl Owl. If you give me a Burl Owl, I'll never ask you for anything ever again. An old man got him a Burl Owl. And the other day I saw him out in his yard looking on the tree. I said, what are you looking for? He said, I'm looking for my Burl Owl. I said, jumping Jesus on a pogo stick. Everybody knows a Burl Owl lives in a hole in the ground. Why do you think they call them Burl Owls anyhow? Ah, uh, dead milkman. Yes, sir. <laughs> but yes, I have um, burrowing owls. If I go out, there's probably one standing on my mailbox because they're protected and they have attitudes and they know it. And when you're driving down the street, they will not move. And when you're outside running, they will scream at you and they're little assholes. Well, settling into a new home can be tough for anyone. So scientists have come up 
with some tricks to make transplanted burrow owls feel like they are not alone in their new digs. By the way, when you're uh, building commercial property down here, you actually have to put a budget into your bid for the transplanting and relocating of said burrowing owls. Well, and in that budget, it may include a way to play owl sounds and scatter fake poop. Mm-hmm. The Owl's grassland homes are often prime real estate, and they've been losing ground to development in fast-growing regions like Silicon Valley and Southern... People are still building in Southern California? Huh. I thought they all moved to Vegas and Texas. But uh, <laughs> biologists have been trying to move... Uh, tried moving the owls to protect the grasslands, but the challenge has been getting the owls to actually accept their new home. Just dropping the owls off at the prime habitat wasn't enough. Prior to uh, attempts have shown. Hey, working. Now you got us canceled. See, there's an 80s band. They have a song yeah, called well, Stewart. And they're still around. And they want to know uh, what the queers are doing to the soil, but Generation Z would cancel them. Yeah, well, what's interesting, fun fact, they were my very first concert. Um, 1991? 92. Anyway. My uh, first concert was Pig Face with you. Yeah, and Evil Mothers. What was your first concert, Adam? Uh, Metallica in 1993 at Silver Bowl in Las Vegas. Gordon saw suicidal Man, shit, you were out here for a while, too. huh? <laughs> yeah, well, so I grew up, little backstory, I grew up in North Dakota on Homestead to the age of 13, 14, and then was transplanted into Las Vegas, and the city lifestyle kind of ravaged me from that point on. Fun fact, how do you say North Dakota, Don? North Dakota. There you go. <laughs> Another fun fact, Don got stuck in North Dakota when he came North to Kedota. visit me uh, in, in, in Montana when I was living in Big Sky. It was the uh, blizzard of 1997. I took a Greyhound from Ohio to Big Sky, Montana. And by the time we got the rising sun, North Kadota, the interstate was shut down. And so when the Greyhound got off the interstate to drop somebody off, we couldn't get back on. So Greyhound actually had to flip the bill for hotel rooms for everybody. Turns out the hotel must have been like a brothel in the 1800s because the second floor only had one communal bathroom at the end of the hall. But that's a story for another time. Now back to the news. Oh, and it's a story. So needless to say, she was a little 18. bit of fake crap, a little bit of owls, fake owl sounds, and these guys. And they're not cute. Them. Those fuckers screech. They sound like they're killing somebody. And that's all I uh, have for the news since I can't ever get through a story. 
<laughs> this concludes the evening news, and now back to the ACT News Computer Studio in Cape Coral, Florida. And this is going to wrap up the extra long episode of this week's What's in Your Head podcast. Thank you so much. And as always, this episode of the What's in Your Head podcast is brought to you by our friends at ACT Computers. ACT Computers has been providing IT solutions for all of Southwest Florida since 2004. But don't worry, even if you don't live in Southwest Florida, they can still help you remotely through the internet. So give them a call at 239-283-1120 or hit them up on Facebook. Once again, that number is 239-283-1120. If you enjoyed what you hear here and see here and you want to help us, please head over to patreon.com or simply go to d-410.com or what's in your head.com click on that patreon link sign up it's only a dollar 50 a month if you kind of like us if you like us like us like the wonder years sign up for the three dollar 50 month a month plan and if you fucking love us sign up for the deep pockets long arm plans that's seven dollars 50 cents a month and after month two you'll get a free t-shirt of your choosing and also while you're on the internet do us a huge favor especially if you're watching us on live via youtube because well we're still got our pp smacked by facebook go and hit and head and hit that like and subscribe link so we can get to a thousand subscribers so that we can get our beak sweat off the advertisement that youtube is always already playing on our videos but i want to thank our guest adam turner adam what is your current tiktok handle that you're using you currently have three accounts which one would you want um, people to go follow you at social outcast 83 social outcast 83 Gordon, you have anything else you want to get out there? Nope. That's it, man. All good. Hey, that was me. I heard me. <laughs> that was my. That was me talking shit about Nancy Pelosi, which I got to reply to later. But anyhow, thank you guys so much, and we will talk to you all next week. I said we will talk to you all next. Why does it have to be a tongue twister? Digital four ten production. <laughs>